guys, it's Liana. I'm an entrepreneur, founder of TTYL, a human connection advocate, an event host, a writer, a coach, and most importantly, a human that's just trying to figure it out. Welcome to Ghosts of Dates Past, a podcast about first date horror stories to break down dating stigmas in our society. Each week, I'll invite a new guest onto the show to discuss their real life first date horror story, as well as their best first date. Because let's be honest, We don't focus on the positives enough when it comes to dating. In all seriousness, I started this podcast after realizing most people avoid having difficult conversations, choosing to hide behind their technology, or put into my words, ghost. I'll be exploring the current dating etiquette from dating apps to situationships and everything in between. Let's dive in to today's episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Ghost of Dates Past. I'm here today with Chris, and we met through recruiting. So small world. You never know when people are going to come back into your life, which is so awesome. And he's been working in tech sales for about 11 years. He grew up in Hoboken, New Jersey, and he volunteers on the ambulance squad, which I thought was really cool. I wanted to highlight that. And he plays intramural sports and loves to travel. Same well, not the sports part, but the traveling part. <laughs> so yeah. Hi, Chris. Thanks so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Liana. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to share some of my stories. Yeah, I'm super excited. So do you want to tell everyone a little bit more about the kind of work that you do or anything else about you? Yeah, absolutely. So I've been in tech sales for the past 11 years. I, I specifically work in human resource technology sales. Aside from that, I'm an avid traveler. I, I'm, my goal is to get to five new countries a year until I'm in my 70s. So that will hopefully put me at every country in the world by that time. So pretty excited about that. This this COVID has obviously just been a major bummer on that, but it's so much worse for so many other people. So I can't really complain. But yeah, yeah, I'm just excited to share some of my stories and some perspective on dating. I love it. That's so awesome. I love your goal to travel to five countries every year. That is incredible. I feel like I need to do that. I feel like I... I'll tack on some countries and then I'll go back to the places that I love some years. So I definitely need to expand my horizons a little bit and get more adventurous with the traveling. But let's dive in. Tell me your first date horror story. Okay. So I am, I live in Hoboken, which has its own dating scene. And the study, I had to really, really think which story I'm going to tell because I have so many horror stories to choose from. But I think... The best one that I think would would be best for me to tell you here is one that happened. It, it happened about, I'd say, four years ago. And it was actually when I was working in the city in Manhattan. I was at my job. It was like a random, it had to be like a Wednesday or something like that. And I was on uh, one of the dating apps and it was getting close to the end of the day. And I didn't have anything to do that night. And all of a sudden, I get a message from this girl, let's just call her, let's just, well, her name was Melody. So I doubt she's listening right now. So I get a message from this girl named Melody and she's like, hey, how's your day going? And I'm like, pretty good. What are you up to? And she's like getting drinks with you in 45 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess we'll do, I guess we're doing that. Right. So literally like our third sentence, she's already booking me for a date. And I was really intrigued because 
this girl seemed very spontane- uh, spontaneous, and I just knew it was going to be a, you know, a fun night. So we agreed to meet. We met somewhere on the Upper East Side at a really nice little kind of like seafood tapas bar. It, it, it started off really well, you know, like it was, we exchanged formalities, like, what do you do? What do you do? And it started to get really, really twisted really fast. So, you know, we went from having like business casual conversation and then like over two glasses of wine, she really started to kind of devolve. <laughs> I, I really wasn't sure what was happening, but she just kind of got like a lot, a little bit like rowdy with her voice and her actions. She was kind of like swinging all over the place as she was talking and People around the restaurant were starting to notice this girl just, she was just loud. She was louder than a lot of the other people in there. So actually she was being so loud. She was just telling me like, I like to do this and I like to do that and blah, blah, blah. And the waiter comes over to us and is like, excuse me, guys, we need you guys to keep it down a little bit. Like we have other people here that are trying to eat and have conversations. And Melody just starts giving this waiter like an attitude. She's like, excuse me, I come here all the time. I give you guys a lot of my money. And I would appreciate if you let me and my date here continue on because if we work out, we're going to come back here a lot more times and give you even more money. I was really freaked out at this point. So we ended up getting kicked out. (laughs) And this story goes on. This is not even, I'm barely even scratching the surface here. So we ended up getting kicked out. And I was like, you know what? I need to try to get on this girl's level. So then I started trying to catch up to where she was. I guess, I don't know, mentally. (laughs) I was having a couple more drinks. And then she, she was just hard to keep up with. So I ended up taking her home. And I'll leave the rest of that part out. But she, when we woke up the next morning, she was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I really made a complete ass out of myself. I'm really not like that. She's like, can you please give me another chance? And I was like, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. So I thought about it. And a couple of days later, we went on a second date. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I'm. This is the first, we've talked about this on the pod, about how people, how you need to treat waiters and waitstaff with respect. Yeah. And it's never actually come up in a first date. So this is great. I am loving this. This is popcorn material. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know what was telling me to go on a second date with her. Normally, when I get this many red flags up front, I I, that's it. I just I don't go on a second date with a person. But I guess I just kind of had I wouldn't even call it a hunch because it wasn't true. It didn't end up being true. But at the time, I thought I had a hunch that she really was a decent person and that, you know, she just kind of let loose that night for whatever reason. And, you know, I wanted to give her a second chance. I said, you know what, we need to have like a nice date where we go and we just do something nice and we don't get completely shit faced the first time. And so she agreed. And so we agreed to meet up the following Saturday. And I put my plan was we're going to go to a museum, we're going to go to the Met and look at artwork and just kind of get to know each other like culturally that way. And then we'd finish the night with a boat ride in the pond at Central Park. So go up to Upper East Side, pick her up. We go to the Met. It's really nice. And we do the pond thing at Central Park. And it was like really nice. And I was like, well, you know what? Maybe this girl is decent. Maybe she did just really lose her mind for whatever reason on the first date. I was kind of feeling a little hopeful about it. It it got to be about, I'd say seven o'clock in the evening and it was raining. So we really 
you know, didn't want to go out anywhere crazy that night. So she said, well, why don't you come back to my place since you've already been there? We can like watch a movie or something. So we go back and start watching this movie and we're, uh, we're sitting on her bed and she pops out a bottle of wine and just pours herself a nice big glass of wine and pours me a glass of wine and things are just going well, it's going normal. And then all of a sudden she looks at me and she goes, who the hell are you? I was like, what do you mean? I'm Chris on your date. And she goes, who the fuck are you? How did you get into my apartment? And I was like, what are you talking about? Is this a joke? And she's like, I'm not joking. Like, who the fuck are you? How'd you get in here? And I was like, we're on a date. We're on a date right now. And she was like, you need to get out of here right now before I call the cop. And I'm like, what? no, what is wrong with you? I'm like, you drank too much again. I'm like, you have a drinking problem. And she's like, get the fuck out of my apartment. And at this point, I'm like, fine. You know what? I'm leaving. I'm out of here. You're crazy. And I start putting, going, looking around for my shoes. Cause of course I like, didn't leave them anywhere obvious. She's you need to get out right now. And she goes to the kitchen. And before I can even get my shoes on, she picks up a plate from the, from the sink and throws it at me like a Frisbee. And it smashes against the wall. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're insane. I'm just like trying to get my shoes on. And she's like, get out. And then she takes the wine bottle and just throws it at me, misses, because I'm really good at ducking, and smashes up against the wall. I literally got out of there. I ran out without my shoes. I was barefoot. Oh my God. My, you cannot see me. Well, the people listening cannot, but my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> this is, wow. I think that was, that was the best worst date story I've ever heard. It, it's so, it, it's, it gets even crazier because I literally, I ran out of there. And we were at, we were in the 90s up on uh, the Upper East Side, 96th and 2nd, which is where the Q train is. And I'm just running. At this point, I'm running for my life because I'm not sure if she's going to be like running down the hallway after me. So I literally, I take the stairwell, I get down to the street and I'm barefoot. I'm fucking barefoot. And I just hightail it to the Q train and I just get on the Q with no shoes on and just the, the train just takes me away. And... It's funny because as I was going between train stops, I get a text from her and she goes, hey, you left your shoes here. And then I'm like, now you know who I am? <laughs> what the hell? This girl is a mental basket case. Like we need to play yeah. Basket Case by Green Day for her. She yes. is absolutely batshit crazy. Wow, what a fabulous story. I am so sorry you went through that, but this story is one for the mm -hmm. books, man. I'm so glad you shared this with yeah. me. Oh, it was nuts. It was nuts. And I ended up texting a few of my friends who I knew were out in Midtown and they were like, yeah, come join us. I was like, I got a crazy story for you guys. And they were like, yeah, come meet up with us. And I was like, well, first I have to stop at the shoe store. Yeah. Ugh. It's just, I still think about it. I'm like, what was what what was she on? I, I noticed bottles of medicine around. I don't know if she had something wrong with her, but I'm, I'm really glad I didn't stay around long enough to find out how much worse it could have gotten. Yeah, no, I it's yeah, it's tough in those situations when you don't know the person, you don't know what's going on. And obviously you don't want to judge them, but not everyone is ready for that. And without knowing you know, we can't judge her completely because, yeah, we don't know. We don't know if she had anything mentally, any mental health issue, but I hope that she's okay. So let's dive into 
some of the questions that I had prepared for us. And the first one was, I really wanted to delve into this love language conversation. I know we were kind of talking about that a little bit before, and I wanted to ask if you were familiar with them, which I think you are. You said you recently took that test, and so I wanted to ask what yours were and how these have shown up in your relationships. Yeah, you know, and it's so funny that you you brought that up because my my girlfriend, my wonderful girlfriend Allie, she she's really into uh, the love language stuff too, and so she had asked me recently if I had if I know my love language. I I didn't. I mean, she kind of guessed what it was. I think I think she ended up being right. And then when you told me in pre- in preparation for this podcast that you wanted to talk about my love language, I figured I'd just go ahead and do the test. And so it, it got me 100% right. My love language is quality time, which is basically how I view the success of any of my relationships is, are we having truly quality time together and quality times together, not just quality time bonding and cuddling and, and, you know, doing things here at home, but also traveling and going to new places and, and experiencing new things. I think that Allie knows that that's very important to me. And even though we met during quarantine, we've still been able to do a lot of quality things together. I I feel like that's just kind of innate within me. And so that's, yeah, that's exactly how I succeed in relationships is through quality time and quality times. I love that. That's also mine as well. I'm super big on, I was actually listening to Brene Brown's podcast recently, one of her episodes. And she was interviewing, who was she talking to? I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was the one with this woman, Holocaust survivor. And she was saying how love is a four-letter word that spells time, T-I-M-E. And it hit me. It is so true. It's completely accurate. I think when we give ourselves up and spend time with our loved ones, when we spend Time is time is the most precious thing that we all have. And so I think when someone shows me that they are going to clear their schedule for me to spend time with me or they're going to make time for me in their busy schedule, that means the world to me. That is more important than I don't need to be shown through a gift, you know, yeah, okay, cool. If you saw something that reminded you of me throughout your day and picked it up, super cute, love that. But more, t- more important to me is just, you making the time to spend with me, you making the time to see me and get to know me. And yeah, like you said, traveling and it's not just about staying at home. It's about going on adventures together and really making making a life together and, and spending it time well spent, you know, that whole concept. So I love that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's very important to me because I tend to spend most of my money on experiences and not and not physical things. I, t- I tend to kind of be a minimalist when it comes to to material things. In fact, sometimes when people buy me things, I'm kind of like, what am I going to do with this now? This is going to take up more space in my already very small apartment. I'd, I'd rather go do something. And on top of that, I, I judge a lot of I judge a lot of girls that I'm dating on how they are once we go on a trip somewhere, because if it doesn't go well, 
I'm not obviously going to want to go on any more trips with them or even be with them. A lot of my friends actually, they, they know that whenever I'm going on a trip with a girl for the first time, they call it the test. They say, oh, the test is coming. You're going to have to let us know how it goes. And they're always waiting for a story when I get back. And so, and so with Allie, actually, we, we've taken some trips during, during quarantine and they've all been incredibly successful. She's, she's an amazing travel partner. She's an amazing partner period and it's just gone so seamlessly for me and and that to me is absolutely huge yeah i would completely agree and i love that your friends say that about the test run but it's so accurate and i think my mom has said this to me before too you know when you first the first indication that you're really going to get along with someone is when you go on a little vacation with them and even if it's just a weekend trip or you're going to meet their parents or whatever it is it's a really good indication of how you guys interact on because you know usually and especially since we're kind of in the, the metropolitan city area we're seeing our significant others or when we're dating someone you're seeing them most likely to start once a week and then maybe twice a week but you're not really spending maybe more than I don't know 10 to 12 hours if you're staying over with them at a time and so that trip is really a good indication of someone isn't going to act the way that they did on the first date the first few dates I think it people are layers you have to peel the layers off and really getting to know someone is by spending more time with them over the course of a couple days or a week or something like that and I think knowing that you have a good travel partner that is the best indication I think of a healthy long-term relationship yeah, absolutely. So yeah, and Ali and I are, are we're actually both vaccinated. So this is this is this is like what I love. If I so I found that the travel deals we're going to go down to Savannah, Georgia in a couple of weeks. So I found I found the travel deals and I, I booked them. And she's like, you know what? Let me handle all the planning. I got it. You don't have to do anything. And I'm like, that's perfect. Oh my gosh, I love this girl. She sounds amazing. Well, tell me. How you knew, I mean, the general question of how you know you're ready to be in a relationship with someone, but I guess with specifically maybe with Allie using her as an example of what was it about her that kind of lit you up and knew that you wanted to be with her on more of a serious level? So I've gotten very, very choosy over the past few years because I've had such, I'd say, I'd say traumatic dating experiences. So after my my most recent girlfriend who whose name was Karen and, and she was a real Karen actually. After after dating her and, and just dealing with the drama that she just unnecessarily brought into the relationship, I said the next girl I'm gonna date is just gonna be chill. She's just gonna be very chill and she's just gotta be easygoing and positive. And so I put a lot of effort into finding that person and I would go out on dates and I would be like, nope, she's negative. Nope, she complained too much. Nope, she seems like she's got baggage. And then I think when I connected with Allie, even before we went on our first date, we, we just seemed to really get along. We met on we met on Bumble. When we went out on a date, when we went out on our date, everything just flowed nicely. And there wasn't any like doubts or any red flags in my mind. It just it just worked. And she knows this. So the the next so we had we had like a really nice day and it wasn't anything like crazy. It was we went for dinner and then we went for drinks and then there was a kiss at the end and that was it. And then the next day I went on a different date with a different person and it did not go well. And in fact I cut that date short because I was thinking about Allie and 
I, when, when this girl that I was on the second date with went to the bathroom, I quickly texted Allie and I was just like, Hey, like, what are you doing tonight? Are you around? And she was like, yes. And I'm like, let's meet up in 30 minutes. And then I just ended that date and went and hung out with Allie. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. So you kind of just, yeah, I mean, it, it, so much of dating is about experience and learning what you like, what you don't like, and then kind of going back to the drawing board and saying, okay, this, I'm looking for this, this is what I want, this is what I don't want, and really calling that energy in. And I think that's exactly what you did. You really put that into action. You sat back and you made that list for yourself and you said, this is what I'm looking for and I'm sticking to that and these are my non-negotiables. And you stuck to it and you weren't going to wait around and let the let this date go on. You met someone that you really connected with and that quality time aspect and you just you just took it. I love it. I love it so much. It's a great story. Yeah. And, and and I think that when I decided after after Karen that I wasn't going to settle for mediocrity, that I wasn't going to settle for someone who just has drama, it put me on a path that was that was painful because I was just going on so many dates and having to turn down and turn away so many opportunities just because I just got, you know, I, I, I I was traumatized. I, I didn't want to, I wanted to find someone that was just like really chill. And then for, after a while, I was like, maybe there isn't anyone really chill out there. Maybe I just have to settle for someone that has baggage and has drama. And, and then I met, and then I met this girl and I was like, you know what, maybe I was right for not settling. Yeah. I think that's an interesting concept you bring up too, because I think when we first start dating, you know, there's this big pool of fish to use that analogy. There's a big pool of fish and you're trying them all out and you're you're experimenting with a lot of different types. But then when you start to know what you don't like, the pool narrows. And it's kind of th this funnel narrowing. And when it narrows, you have less options. And so you think, okay, well, if I don't find my right less option, then do I have to settle? Is this me? Do I have to give up now? And I think it really goes to this concept as well of just knowing your worth and knowing that your worth is valid and you shouldn't settle until you find what you deserve because everyone and everyone has a different standard of that, right? There's no right answer for what your worth is versus what my worth is versus what Ali's worth is and, and everyone, everyone has a different, a different level of standard. And so it's just when those two mesh up that both your standards are the same, that's when it works and that's when the magic happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it's it's funny because there were there were many times when I thought, oh wow, I found someone who's chill. And for example, there was this one girl. I won't get into like a long story, but there was this one girl I found that I thought was going to be a chill girl. And we went on two dates, and then on our third date, I actually at this time I started fostering a dog. I thought, oh, let me bring this dog around this girl. She might love the dog. And I brought the dog on our third date, which was basically just like a nice walk around Hoboken. And we stopped to get ice cream and we were having a great time. This girl was being really chill. And then we got the ice cream and the dog jumped on her while she had the ice cream cone and the ice cream got all over the, all over the girl and she just lost it. She flipped out. She was so upset. She was so mad that this dog got ice cream on her. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, it's a dog and it's ice cream. We can go change. And she, the date was over. And I just kept running into many situations like that where I'm like, oh, I finally got a chill one. And I'm like, oh, just kidding. Mm, mm. Yeah, I mean, and again, maybe someone else would think, oh, not a big deal. They would think, oh, 
so sorry this happened to you. Let's fix this issue. And you just, you'd been through this before. And so you just kind of went, uh, I know this character. I don't, I'm, I'm stepping back. I'm, I'm kind of walking away from the situation, you know? So it's, it's funny. Different, I think different situations bring up different, different red flags for people. Whereas some people might not see that as a red flag where you saw that as a red flag. But I mean, I agree. I think that's a little ridiculous, but again, it's totally to each their own. So I guess delving a little bit more into that conversation of just what have you learned from your past relationships? Cause you've brought up a few and just, can you share some lessons that maybe one that was the hardest that you had to learn? Yeah. I think that the lesson that I I've learned, I, I mean, I've learned, I've learned many good things from past relationships. A lot of the girls, the girls that I've dated have, have, have taught me a lot of good things about myself and, and good things about them too. And things that still stick with me today. One, one girl that I dated ta- told me about her philosophy on whether or not to stay mad about something and it's if it's going to matter in a week or not if if the thing i'm mad about right now is going to matter in a week if it's not going to matter in a week why should i be mad about it now that's something that i learned from a former girlfriend that i still think about every single day but in terms of what i want for myself i think just it took me a long time to learn that once the red flags start popping up, it, it, it's time to call it quit. And, and, and it's not just red flags from them. It's red flags from me, too, because it takes two to build a relationship and it takes two to ruin a relationship. And so, like, I just need to learn that if we're both sabotaging things, that we should just call it quits. And I think, I, I think I've learned that quite well now after so many years of, of experimenting. That's beautiful. I think that's a really mature outlook because I think a lot of people will blame the other person or yeah, usually blame the other person and not think about what it, okay, well, I'm not the only one in this relationship. Relationship, a couple means two, not one. And so what maybe have I done that has made this person act this way or react this way to what I'm saying or doing? And yeah, that's definitely something that I learned from my relationship is just, okay, it ended. I never found out why, but looking back, I can think about, okay, well, I wasn't, I acted this way or I said this thing and maybe misinterpretation or whatever it was. And obviously there wasn't good communication there, but at the end of the day, yeah, I agree. The same lesson of it takes two to tango. I love it. So let's dive into the best first date story. Okay, so I had to get Allie's permission to tell this one. <laughs> because it, it, even though we had a, a really great first date, my most interesting first date happened with someone else who's actually a still really good dear friend of mine. And after, we later became roommates after this, after what happened. So it, her name is Chantal. And we met on a dating app back in 2017. And Chantal was the one that messaged me. And at first, I thought she was completely fake. I thought she was some sort of Russian bot or something like that. I mean, her pictures just seemed too perfect. They just seemed like they were stock photos. And the way that she talked, I I just, I thought it was like someone sitting behind a computer somewhere, like in Russia, like trying to mess with me or something like that. So we talked and we talked and then we agreed to meet up. And I didn't want to like waste a night where if like I ended up showing up and nobody showed up because this girl was fake. So I asked her to go get coffee with me in Hoboken. And she said, yes. And I said, okay, great. So it was like Saturday afternoon. It was, I don't know, 
noon and I was like, I'll go there. I'll get a coffee. If she doesn't show up, great. I'll have tried a new coffee shop and whatever. Totally didn't expect her to show up. Well, she shows up and it's her and it's the girl from the pictures. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're actually real. Holy crap. Okay. We ended up like having a really nice chat and it was going quite well. And I, I didn't want it to end at that point. And so the coffee shop started to close <laughs> And we were both just sitting there and I was like, do you want to like keep hanging out? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, think of something. Think of something quick. Think of something quick. And so I'm like, do you want to go to the zoo? And she's like, yeah, let's go to the zoo. And I'm like, oh my God, that's insane. Like you actually want to go to the zoo? And so we went to the zoo. We literally, we got on the ferry, went over to Manhattan and, and got on the two train and went all the way up to the Bronx Zoo. And the whole time we're laughing our asses off and just getting along and everything's great and hilarious. And we're in the zoo and we're just seeing all the animals and, and just laughing our asses off, having a great time. And I'm like, I can't believe this. This is insane. And then the zoo starts to close it was five o'clock and i'm like all right well like what do you want to do now and she's like do you want to keep going and i'm like hell yeah so we just kept going so we got on a train went back down to manhattan we ended up at a rooftop bar eating tacos and now we're on this rooftop bar the city's beautiful we're still having all this fun and then i'm like hey you want to go somewhere else and she's like yeah like what do you what do you want to do and i'm like thinking okay we're on a date we should do like date stuff you want to go bowling <laughs> she's like yeah let's do it so then we went bowling and so we go bowling and there was like a two-hour wait for bowling so there was this video arcade next door so we're like at this video arcade shooting each other with lasers and like just playing games against each other and it's like freaking insane and then like we go bowling and it's just i let her win she lets me win like crazy and then afterwards i was like what do you want to do and she's like you want to keep going and i'm like oh my god <laughs> like sure so we go out to the street and we ask a person like where we should go get pizza and we end up going there for pizza and then we get end up at like another bar we didn't get home till like the next morning <laughs> it was like insane and yeah that was that was it it was just this date that would not end and yeah it was it was a really good date oh my gosh that is probably the most epic date first date that i've ever heard so much adventure the zoo and bowling that's like you could easily do that in two dates, but you just crammed it all into one. It, it was literally like, you ever see the movie Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist where they just like yeah. go all around the city and it, yeah. Yeah, it literally, it literally like felt like that. It, the, the day like had no time. It was just, we were stuck in this oh. time and then it made it really hard to like do the second date because it was so epic. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a great experience though. And I've definitely had those first dates where we are together, you know, we meet for brunch or something and then we just stroll around and kind of stumble upon things and walk in out of stores. And But I love just the spontaneity of the adventure of really branching out and going to the zoo and going bowling and rooftop bars and arcades and wow. Yeah. And, you know, the story didn't really end there. We we went on another day and it went it did not go well at all because everything was closed. I think it was Columbus Day, the the day that we planned our second day for date for Jersey City has a big Portuguese heritage and so every restaurant was closed. 
and so we just walked around it was like raining and the 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 original connection like wasn't there like in terms of romance but the there was this really really big friend connection and we we did go we did try a couple more dates and then actually what happened to me was i i i got really sick that was with the time when i came down with with an autoimmune disorder and so it really like took me away from dating after that and obviously we just i couldn't date anyone from that point forward so that happened right around the time our uh, like our fourth date happened but we ended up staying in touch oddly like we it was kind of a strange connection we had a common friend and she had told the story of this crazy date to him and i had told the story of the crazy date to her to, to, to this friend as well and he was like i think that i know both of you guys and so like he kind of reunited us and we just be became friends me and chantal and we actually had this really interesting thing happen to us where I would I needed to leave my apartment by some weird date. It was like September 19th. I was just living in this place in Jersey City that I really didn't like. And Chantal also had a roommate who was moving out on September 19th and she needed a replacement. And so me and Chantal became roommates. Wow. I feel like fate was bringing you guys together just by that friend that knew both of you from the story or pieced it together and then the date, that is wild. I feel like the universe knew that you guys were destined to be roommates and what a great story. I love it. Just like your, that was the best worst date I've ever heard. That was probably the best first date I've ever heard. So Chris, the bar has been raised for everyone on, on the pod. If you're listening. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, she ended up being the best roommate I ever had. And we're very different politically and spiritually and all that stuff. So we would have never worked out anyway from like a relationship standpoint, but she ended up being like the best roommate I ever had. Everything just worked out great. So I love that so much. So I guess in terms of dating and just, I think there's so much, especially on the apps when we think about, oh, there are all these other men out there and you were kind of saying how you even thought Chantal was fake at first and this whole feeling of, you know, is she going to show up? Are there other, maybe thinking, are there other guys out there that she'd rather be with that this than the other? Have you ever found that you've compared yourself to other men when you're dating? No, I, I don't compare myself to other men when I'm dating. I, I really, I really don't even think of that it's not worth my time. So for my for my profession, I'm in sales. And the way that I make money is by winning and closing business. And the way that I do that is by being super positive and being super helpful to my potential clients and just being my best self. And that's how I win business. And I don't, I can't think about my competitors. Like I can't think about, oh, like what if my competitor is coming in more, more affordable than me? What if my competitor can do something I can't? I just go in and give it my best shot. And that's how, that's how I win. And, and so I take that same approach to dating. I'm like, hey, if you like me, you know, I'm giving you my best, the best version of me. If you like me, then great, take me. And also be good to me too, please. But you know, I I'm, I fully understand that if we're going out on dates and we're and we're meeting on dating apps, that you're probably going out with other guys too, and it's really your decision. Yeah, I think that is a very mature outlook. I love the analogy with your job, and I think so interesting that sometimes our careers can influence other areas of our life, and we don't really realize it until later when we look back and think, oh yeah, well I do this for my career. 
and this is kind of the action that I put into it. And so it's going to show up in other areas of my life. I think that's super cool and really insightful that you were able to piece that together. Yeah, but I would say the same thing as well. I, I feel like I'm always thinking about, okay, well, I'm going on the state to put my best foot forward, but the other person is just as nervous as me and they're putting their best foot forward and trying to figure out if we're a good match on their end too. So, you know, same what you were saying in the beginning, a relationship, a date, it's a two-way street. It takes two to tango. You need both sides of the party to be simpatico. Yeah, and it's funny. I was actually talking about that with Allie the other day. It's like we, we, we were just talking, we get into like a lot of like deep, philosophical talks and we were talking about how we ended up meshing so well on our first date and how like there's so many other first dates that her and I both went on separately that what if we could have meshed with that person if we were just in a different mood that day or if the circumstances were different what if what if we could have meshed with another person if we had gone to a less louder restaurant or if we had gone to a different restaurant or if you had worn something different that day it it, it really it doesn't just depend on like compatibility from uh, from like a moral or physical point of view it, it literally all depends on like the circumstances in which you meet if if you and i are like perfect for each other and we go out and we choose the worst bar to go to and it's crowded and it's noisy and it's rainy we might not get along even though we should I think that that's why you have to go out on multiple, multiple dates so that you finally find, you finally take a shot that makes it in the basket. That's a really good point and a very good perspective. And I find that, I find personally that it's hard. I don't usually think about that stuff. I don't think about circumstance. I usually, if I don't mesh with someone on that first date, I'm probably not going to give them a second date. But maybe if, the environment was just so terrible, yeah, I might consider seeing if an, a different environment or a different circumstance is going to change the game. But I think a lot of people don't think about that, which is why it's super interesting to hear. I love that. So in terms of, I feel like in our society as well, there's this whole idea that men are often not as emotionally available or less emotionally intelligent than women until they're older. Have you found this to be true? What do we say? We always judge ourselves from like the best intentions and other people from like the worst with the worst intentions. I don't know. I feel like I've always been pretty emotionally available, but I do hear a lot of horror stories about guys that just won't ever open themselves up. You know, I think it, I think it, it really just, comes down to the person. I've gone out on dates with plenty of emotionally unavailable women as well. I, I think that in general, people, not specifically males or females, just people, put up a lot of unnecessary barriers to, to you know, that block them from getting what they really want. Case in point, so I'd be on dating apps. And what's the point of going on a dating app? You go on a dating app to date. And I would really connect with someone and I'd be talking to that person and then I'd be like, hey, let's go on a date. And they'd be like, oh, I can't or I don't have any time right now. Maybe we, oh, what about like two weeks from now? And I'd be like, why are you putting it off so far? 
you're on a dating app. This should be a priority for you. And, and I, I just think that a lot of people, for some reason, they just put up all these unnecessary barriers, whether it's, you know, they're traumatized from something in their past or if they're just apprehensive about meeting someone online. But I just think those people never find happiness. Those people never find success because on top of them being emotionally unavailable, they have so many other things that they need to improve on. I think the people that just go for it, the people that are just chill, the people that just say, yeah, you know what, let's meet tonight. Or, yeah, I'm down for whatever. Those people are the people that end up being happy in life and getting what they want. So that's really my theory. I don't think that men in general are emotionally unavailable or available. I think it just comes down to the person. Mm, Yeah, for sure. I think everyone has their own trauma. Everyone has their own baggage that's coming into these experiences that's on these dating apps. And I will say, and I've been guilty of this too, where someone asked me to meet up and maybe I just ended a dating ex- dating experience or I was seeing someone for a month or something and it didn't work out and I'm back on the apps. But really what I needed was to take time for myself and kind of decompress from that experience. But I often felt that I didn't do that. I'm, that's something that I've been learning, that I need time and space in between dating someone because it is a learning lesson and it is a healing process no matter how long you've known someone. And so maybe I match with someone and I start talking to them as more of a... I like the compliments and I'm I'm fishing for, oh, nice, this person wants to talk to me, but then they ask me to hang out and I'm not ready. And so then I start pressing off the date to meet them. But that's not fair to the other person. I'm not saying that's the right thing to do. I'm, I don't wish that I did that, but I have done it. And I'm trying to now use the dating apps as a way to, exactly like you said, get people off the dating app as quickly as possible because time is of the essence and exactly like you said you know you should be if you are on a dating app you should be making it a priority to meet those people that you're talking with but again I think a lot of people are on the dating apps for a slew of different reasons and so it's tricky when you meet someone or you talk to someone who is going 90 miles an hour on the highway and they're going 30. I I definitely see your point and Ultimately, I don't reserve judgment on women who have put off going on dates or just been emotionally unavailable because they have their own things they're thinking about. What I just think from like an overall like 30,000 point view is just that if people just let go of whatever's holding them back and just go with the flow that they would end up finding what they want. And guess what? You're not going to find what you want right away. Don't get discouraged if you go on one or two dates and it doesn't work out. Don't get discouraged if you go on 10 or even 50 dates and it doesn't work out. Enjoy the stories you get from them and, and just keep going till you find the right person. Mm, so well said. What great advice, Chris. That is, I love it. I love everything you've said tonight. Thank you. It's been so great. Yeah. So I always end on the couple questions that I ask everyone. So the first is, How do you get excited for a date? Oh, goodness. You know, I used to get extremely excited for the date. Like, I would literally wake up in the morning and just be like, I'm going on a date tonight. And I would would literally, like, go get my hair cut that day, go make sure my shoes are dusted off. And I would always clean the apartment because you never know when they're coming home. So... I don't know. I, I used to, I, I'm very giddy when it comes to going on first dates. So yeah, I, I guess the more I was nervous, the more successful it would be. I found like a lot of dates where I wasn't that nervous that my 
blase attitude carried over into that date. Whereas I could easily, if I'm like super nervous, I could take that nervousness and translate it into positive energy while I'm on the date. And then we end up having a great time. Wow. I am the exact same way. I don't think anyone's ever expressed it the way that I needed that, the way that I felt is exactly how I feel. I always get nervous or when I don't get nervous rather, that's when I don't usually have as great of a connection. But when I do have nerves, and it's the same with interviews or anything where I have to, maybe it's a speaking thing or something that I'm outside of my comfort zone for, I will get nervous. And I notice if I don't get nervous that that's not normal for me because my normal is being nervous and having anxiety around those kinds of things, which I think is the norm for a lot of people. But when I can turn it into excitement, I get very animated and can really express my personality across better when I have those little butterflies in my stomach. And it's a, it's always obvious to me too when the, the other person, when, when the girl has been nervous too, and I think it's really cute. So I think it just kind of, you know, if you're both nervous, you go on a first date and it ends up, it, it, it can create a really good time. Yeah, I think so too. And so what is your ideal date? I mean, we know that the best date was probably an ideal date, but do you have, do you have like a go-to? I used to think that going on first dates, you had to do something crazy, like go to a theme park or I don't know, just go somewhere that's unique. Like, I don't know, like a sculpture garden or uh, the beach or something like that. Now I just think good first date is just good company. You just find a good bar, go to that bar, talk to that person. I've learned some, t some tips and tricks where like, if you think the date is going well, switch bars, because then it'll make it seem like the date was longer and that you actually went somewhere with that person. So that's kind of something that I do is I, 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 I not only plan out the bar I want to go to, but I plan out like the neighborhood I want to go in because I'd be like, oh, if it goes well in the first 45 minutes, we can close the tab there and then walk over to this place. I'm thinking back to dates that I've been on now and I'm thinking, oh, maybe they were using that trick. <laughs> it's a trick. It's a trick. I love it. Well, this has been so great, Chris. I feel like people are going to find this really valuable. So where can everyone find you? If you are by my Instagram is sent McCray Cray, S-Z-E-N-T-M-I-K. There's two K-R-A-Ys at the end there. Yeah, you can find me there. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, and I'll link it in the show notes as well. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a great rest of your night. Yeah, thanks. Same to you, Liana. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode or this podcast in general, I would greatly appreciate it if you could subscribe, rate, and review below. And if you can think of anyone who would enjoy this podcast, please consider sharing it. As a new podcast, the most helpful thing is to grow by word of mouth. After all, who doesn't enjoy a good date story? Lastly, if you would like to connect with me, please follow me on Instagram at ghosts underscore of dates past. And feel free to shoot me a DM if you have a comment, question, or would like to be a guest. I'm always looking for new people to bring on to the show. Hope you all have lovely weeks and I'll be back next week for another juicy episode. Bye for now.